0: Axis Mundi. Hello, welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi faculty in religion, Skidmore College, and our show is hosted in partnership with the Cap Center at UCSB. Today, I want to talk about uh, the events in Georgia where uh, a young man of 21 years old uh, killed uh, multiple people, including uh, half a dozen um, Asian women who worked at uh, various massage parlors. Uh, As you can imagine, for um, Asian Americans and uh, uh, those of us in the community, it's, it's a tough day. It's a tough set of events. Uh, there's an immense amount of sadness and anger and um, other emotions. Uh, I wanted to talk about how uh, all of this sort of fits together um, in terms of uh, Christian nationalism, racism, anti-Asian sentiment, and, and patriarchy. Uh, this morning, I wrote this on Twitter. Killing a half a dozen Asian women and attributing it to sex sex addiction, not racism, is Christian nationalism in a nutshell. So somebody could say, purity culture made me feel bad about my sexual needs, so I eliminated the temptation. What does race have to do with that? What I'm referencing there is that the killer here um, attributed his actions to sex addiction rather than to race, and the sheriff in charge of the investigation said today that uh, he had a bad day. Uh, He uh, was tempted by um, visiting these massage parlors and lashed out after being fed up. Um, How does this relate to Christian nationalism? Well, let me try to tie those threads together. Let's start with uh, anti-Asian sentiment and anti-Asian racism. Uh, This is a a long and sordid history in this country. Uh, there's a, a kind of way that uh, it's, it's covered over in popular culture by the idea that uh, Asian Americans, especially East Asians, are uh, the model minority. And the model minority myth is used to sort of, uh, at times at least, depict Asian people as um, the right kind of neighbors, you know, good citizens, quiet, hardworking, and a model for all of the other minorities out there. And uh, and yet, uh, at at the drop of a hat, uh, as we've seen throughout American history, uh, Asians are used as uh, scapegoats, as uh, those who are to blame for the country's problems, as uh, a horde infesting the nation, and so on and so forth. My colleague Wendy Lee at Skidmore um, always says that uh, Asians and Asian Americans in this country are either a pet or a threat, or either your pet model minority who you pat on the head and treat as if they are a docile, submissive, um, good person of color who just uh, acts the right way, or a threat who is infesting the country. Uh, and we've seen that. We've seen it with uh, how uh, Donald Trump and uh, others have talked about the COVID-19 as um, China virus and uh, used other slurs. This has drummed up um, anti-Asian sentiment, and so we've seen a rise in uh, hate crimes and violence against Asian people, especially older uh, Asian people and women. Uh, Numbers are somewhere around a 68% increase in these uh, incidents since the pandemic began. As I said, though, this is not new. There's a long history here, Uh, and let me just quote uh, some Few passages from Erica Lee's *America Is for Americans*. Uh, she sets up in, in the chapter *The Chinese Are No More* the fact that anti-Chinese and anti-Japanese sentiments on the West Coast really set up the uh, immigration system in this country for most of the twentieth century. And so uh, here's what she says on page eighty-one: the nearly thousand, excuse me the nearly one hundred thirty-nine thousand Chinese who entered the United States. Between 1870 and 1880, were only a small fraction of the total number of immigrants, nearly 3.2 million, mostly from Europe, who also arrived in the country during the same decade. So, in that decade, you have 3.2 million immigrants, 140,000 of them come from China. Nevertheless, Lee says, their presence sparked some of the most violent and racist campaigns in US history. So, it was not about the numbers. Right. We have three point two million people coming and we have one hundred and thirty nine thousand Chinese immigrants. It was about something else. It's about the idea that Asian people are unassimilable, that they will uh, never be true Americans and that they are uh, uh, an infestation that needs to be rejected from the country's body. OK. She goes on to explain uh, the the various uh, measures and acts that led up to uh, the 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act. So uh, she says that uh, a Chinese police tax was levied on all Chinese people living in the, in California in 1862. And over the next decade, various laws barred Chinese people from testifying in criminal or civil cases. There was the lodging lodging house ordinance or cubic air ordinance, which required every lodging house to provide at least 500 cubic feet of airspace for each lodger which was of course intended to prevent um, uh, uh, living spaces with multiple generations and, uh, and many people living in them. In 1870, the state legislature passed a law forbidding the landing of any Mongolian Chinese or Japanese female for criminal or demoralizing purposes. A law that the State Commission of Immigration used to deny entry to all Chinese women. So we need to sort of put a pin here that there's this idea that Chinese women and Japanese women and Mongolian women uh, are criminal and immoral. Okay. Um, five years later, in 1875, uh, the Page Act barred Asian women uh, who were suspected of prostitution. This law was broadly used to deny entry to all Chinese immigrants, especially women. Both the 1862 and 1875 laws would become important blueprints in the eventual exclusion of all Chinese laborers in 1882. In 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act was passed and it prevented the entry into this country of all people from China. On page 93, Lee talks about the effects of this this way. The Chinese Exclusion Act set in motion the transformation of the United States into, quote, a gatekeeping nation, one that began using federal immigration laws to exclude, restrict, and control allegedly dangerous foreigners, often the basis of race, national origin, ethnicity, class, and sexuality. In the 1880s, the United States was the first gatekeeping nation. Today, of course, every nation is. Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise.